Welcome to Thaver Sound Swine, the podcast hosted by experts from the swine sector to help you optimize piglet management. Hello, everybody. Today's uh, episode is spotting high quality piglets. And uh, today I have uh, two uh, skilled vets uh, with me in the studio. And uh, the first is uh, Dr. Veterinarian Medicine, Michael Akalai. Would you present yourself, please? Thank you, Henrik. Yes, my name is uh, Michael Agalai. I'm a part owner in Porcus, a veterinarian company in Denmark. Uh, we are 22 vets um, consulting Danish farms. Okay. And uh, the other guest is my colleague. Uh, he is also a veterinarian. It's uh, Dr. Veterinarian Medicine, Michael Albin. Will you present yourself, please? Yes, uh, my name is uh, Michael, and uh, I have been consulting big areas, uh, like Michael also for eight years and uh, the last eight years I've been working for a pharmaceutical company. Thank you, both of you. And um, the topic today is uh, how to spot the high quality piglets and uh, how to take care of the piglets and how to take care of the sow before, uh, under and during the farrowing. And um, Michael Agalai, I would like to hear from you what is the most important things before you uh, put the sow into the farrowing pen uh, and and what preparations would you do before farrowing yes it's a very good question there there are some um, uh, factors that are very important in preparation of the farrowing barn uh, first of all we need to do a correct cleaning which is uh, cleaning away all the shit and dirt in the pen washing with soap and then disinfecting the area. Afterwards, we need to ensure that we dry out the facility adequately and we need to make sure that the piglet corner or the nest for the piglets uh, is warm and ready to receive newborn piglets. And and how do we check all these things? When you have been doing the procedures, how do we check that all the things is okay and, and correctly adjusted? Well, of course, with cleaning, it's very good to start uh, just to use your eyes to see if it's visibly clean, is it visibly dry? So the stable needs to feel dry and uh, you, you should not be able to see any humidity in the stable. Uh, of course, you need to ensure that you have been using adequate amount of soap and disinfectant. And in the piglet nest area, you can measure the temperature on the floor and check that it's on 36 degrees. And, and how do we check the, the temperature on the floor? You can use a, a laser ther- thermometer Uh, but you can also uh, use your hands uh, because your body temperature is 37 degrees, so it needs to feel like body temperature. Yeah. So about 36, 37 degrees on the floor. Yes, and we're ready. And what about the sow, Michael Albin? Well, the sow is extremely important because he's going to take care of the piglets. So the first thing that we have very much in focus in Denmark, and that is the back fat. The body score condition is extremely important. If they're too skinny or they're too fat, that's a disaster. They can't take care of the piglets. They have to be perfect in body score, and that's about 15 to 18 millimeter back fat. So I recommend to measure the back fat at entering the fairing pin. So, so you you're saying the body condition is one of the most important conditions, uh, and and one of the very important topics we have to to deal with. Yeah, we call it uh, fit for fight. Okay. 
When the sow is entering the farrowing pen and uh, during the farrowing, what uh, do you, Michael uh, Agalai, f- find most important during the farrings and uh, and the hours after farrowing? Well, starting a little bit earlier, when we when we get in the sow, three to four days before farrowing is a really good time. We need to ensure that uh, she has access to water and feed and that she's eating as she should. should. And we also need to make sure that she doesn't have any temperature or other illnesses we need to take care of, so that she's ready for having pigs and taking care of the pigs. And and you do that with by looking at the sow, or do you have some procedures or rules you follow? Well, uh, using your eyes is a very good place to start. Uh, see in the trough if there is water and feed. If it's wet, then she has access to fo- uh, water. If she has eaten her feed, it's a good sign that she's healthy. Uh, follow the feeding and see that all your sows uh, get up and eat at feeding. Okay. And the sows that do not or get up slowly, check them and treat them if necessary. And uh, Michael Albin, do you have a comment on that? Oh yes, um, I have um, experience uh, regarding the udder. If it's uh, very hard of edema, I would uh, try and find out what is the reason for that and treat them with uh, insects. Okay. I very often hear that um, the time after farrowing, uh, the first hours where where the other piglets should uh, take the the colostrum is very important. How do you see that uh, period after farrowing? Uh, yes, you are absolutely right. It's it's a very critical area to ensure or critical time, sorry, to ensure that the pigs uh, drink uh, colostrum because if not, they get a very bad immunity. And uh, the first thing I would do when I, I go to a farrowing barn in the morning is is to ensure exactly that. Um, start with putting the pigs in the corner so they get heated up. Maybe give the smallest piglets uh, a booster of energy, which can be sugar, syrup, commercial boosters. Mark up the, the skinny, small pigs. Feed the sow. And when the sow lies down, and take out the smallest piglets first to ensure that they get colostrum. So you are splitting the litter in the in the first yes. few hours after they have been taken away in, in, the, in the corner? Yes, and I would take out a minimum 10 to 12 pigs so that there are enough pigs to activate the order of the sow. Okay, and how long time do you do this kind of split milking? Usually half an hour to an hour. Okay. We can facilitate it sometimes by giving the sow a little bit oxytocin. When we take out the smallest pig, so we are sure that she uh, is ready to to uh, how do you say lie down milk or give milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some farms we do that. In other farms it works fine uh, without. Very often we see uh, that we have young and we have older sows we have gilts and the variation uh, in how many piglets uh, they born uh, and the variation uh, of the piglets born from sow to sow is very huge so we see some have maybe 12 uh, 14 up to 22 24 how do we do with the variation between the the litters how do you equalize the litters mm-hmm. and when to do it so when, when we have finished the, the first process, which is uh, getting the pigs heated up, identifying the weak piglets, uh, making the split nursing, so we know the weakest piglets have gotten milk, 
Then we start to, at the same time, we can start to count how many tits does the sow have, how many good working tits, um, and write that either on her card or somewhere else. And then we have in some litters extra pigs and in some litters we might have some more space. Then we start to even out the pigs. So there's one pig per tit. And what is very important in this process is that we fit the pigs to the sow. So if we have a very big sow that we give her bigger pigs. And if we have a smaller sow, we give her a little bit smaller pigs maybe. Um, and then the excess pigs we might have, uh, we put for foster sows. And this should always be the bigger pigs, because it's a stressful event to make a foster sow. And it's because they have more energy uh, at the body. They can maybe go maybe 12 hours more before they starting eating. Or, or why, why do we do that decision? Yeah, we take the bigger pigs exactly because they are stronger, and and they have a little bit more time left in them. Uh, so so they have the ability to to endure or to wait a little bit longer until their new mother, their new foster sow, stresses down and, and gives the milk for the pigs. And and how many days do you think they how many days do we have to to uh, to switch and these piglets between the sows? So so for me, uh, once we have equalized the litters, then we have found a tit for every pig, which is a job we finish the first day. Okay, and then the next four to five days, it's very important that we observe all the piglets every day. And what we mainly check for is if they uh, look hungry. So if their belly is, is is flat or doesn't look full, those pigs we mark. We do that once or twice daily, depending on the size of the farm. Yeah. And these hunger pigs, we would call them, we collect and put to a sow that has a lot of milk. From the same age, so we might collect ten uh, to fourteen hungry pigs and put to the best sow in that farrowing week. Uh, so, uh, and how do we know it's the best sow? It's because her piglets look the best; they look the healthiest, the roundest. Then we put those pigs there, and we take her pigs and put back. And why do we put them back? It's because we need to uh, the sow's milk production is a, a, a pull-push effect. So a sow needs to have strong pigs uh, sucking on the teats to stimulate her milk production. So that's why we have to put the bigger pigs back. And and what about the piglets where you uh, see hunger when they are older? Uh, after the four and five days, what do we do with the pigs who is uh, dropping out when they're getting older? Yeah, so uh, after castration, which is between day three to five usually, we stop moving around hunger pigs or we stop filling up the places where we remove the hunger pigs. So if we see hunger pigs, and usually we will see some, we collect the hunger pigs and put them for a nursing sow, but we don't put her pigs back. So it's it's one step where we remove the pigs for a nursing sow And then we don't touch the pigs again. Okay, and then you close the litter and and don't touch them. Yes, and we do this for not mixing around uh, diseases. Okay, and 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 what about diseases? Do do we have a another procedure if you have a huge virus load in in the farming unit or other diseases? Do we do the uh, the same procedure if you also have a lot of diseases? We change the procedure. So usually we 
As I explained, we fill up litters, we take away hunger pigs, put them for a, what we call a super sow, take her pigs back to stimulate the other. But if we have, for example, a big outbreak of virus, which could be PRS, we stop doing this procedure already on day two. Okay. And after day two, we only collect and then we lock the litter. Okay. To avoid transmission of disease. And now we're talking diseases. Um, what, what is what is the most common challenge? Uh, I'm thinking most of diarrhea here in in the first days after after farrowing. Even though we have done all the procedures correct to avoid diarrhea, it can happen that we see a neonatal diarrhea within the first two days, and uh, that could be E. coli. Uh, we find uh, very seldom uh, F5, 6 and 41 type. But if you find E. coli, it could be because that we have not uh, vaccinated properly against uh, neonatal diarrhea uh, via colostrum. And and how do these pigs look like? The Dr. Alban said um, one of the most uh, important diseases in the farrowing unit is diarrhea but especially diarrhea in newborn piglets. So diarrhea from day zero to day two. And a very good point is to ensure that the sows and the gills have been vaccinated correctly and that, that this procedure is, is done and followed well. But still in many farms, it's not enough to control the diarrhea in, in newborn piglets. Especially we see this type of diarrhea in piglets born from gills. We also see it very often in the litters where we collect maybe the smallest piglets after farrowing. Um, and this diarrhea is very important to control to have a, um, success in the farrowing unit and a low mortality. I know some are working on a third vaccination of the of the gilts before farrowing. Do you believe in, in a third vaccination instead of six and three weeks before? Well, well, clearly we can say why is it usually the piglets from the gilts get this diarrhea, it is because the gills have the lowest immune, uh, immunity and they give the lowest immunity to the piglets. We can also do a very simple procedure uh, in many farms and that is coloring the piglets from the gills with maybe a strong blue color and then follow them the next days and in many farms you will see that the piglets that get diarrhea are the ones born from gills. Um, we can also see a little bit more diarrhea in piglets that we move to gills in the beginning and that's because the immunity in her colostrum is lower. So for me uh, it makes sense to uh, to boost vaccination on gills and in some farms we use a, a broad spectrum clostridium vaccine which has a, a good effect and also it's very important to do uh, a correct treatment against diarrhea in these piglets. So in many farms we can we can do a lot against neonatal diarrhea just by treating the piglets from the gills and the pigs that stay with the gills on the first and the second day uh, with a antibiotic that has a good effect. But then you have to be very quickly. It's it's really the 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 key message is to do it almost automatic uh, because if you wait. 12 hours or one day, the diarrhea is always already so severe that the piglets don't really recover. So you recommend that this procedure is a steady procedure where you check these gilt uh, 
every time we have the the families, you check the gills every time. I would check the 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 gills and their piglets. If I see just uh, one yellow spot of diarrhea, I would treat the whole litter. I would do the same in the litters with the weak piglets that we collect, and sometimes in the first step foster sows. But very important is uh, shoot first, ask later when you see diarrhea. Okay. Thank you, both of you. I think we have to wrap it up right now. And uh, if we have to take some key measures, I, I think one of the one of the important ones is that you have to be very much aware of the guilt and uh, the pictures of the guilt and uh, the tip with uh, marking all the pictures from the guilt and follow them in the other uh, letters and and see how uh, disease or diarrhea are spreading uh, from litter to litter when you move the, the pictures from the guilt. And that will be uh, very uh, valuable knowledge when you have to prevent uh, diarrhea uh, later on. Thank you, both of you, to Michael Elblin and Michael Agalai. Thank you for participating in this uh, episode. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to follow us so you can listen to our next episode.